Welcome to Camden Cast. I'm Tanvi. I'm Erin. And this is our seventh heaven podcast. On today's episode of Camden Cast, we will be talking about season 10, episode 14 of Seventh Heaven. The title is The Magic of Gershwin. The IMDb user synopsis is While mournful that Martin seems out of reach forever, Ruthie gets the tension. However, like the other kids, she finds it pleasant and fascinating that week, supervised by music teacher Mr. Feinstein. Stein, Feinstein, I don't know. Feinstein. He's a fine pianist whose job is doomed as budget cuts make the school phase out its music program. He warms them to timeless music and shows how it ties in with history and literature, and especially his favorite, Gershwin, soothes Ruthie's gloom. Feinstein also cues Eric and Kevin about the root of her detention, a new friendship with a fellow pupil who turns out to be homeless but resourceful. Rose wants Simon to pick a song for them, so he makes Ruthie suggest one by her new hero, Gershwin. What was your first impression of this episode? Um, so... <clears throat> I act like... So I know I've heard Gershwin's name before, and after Aaron played, like, songs for... Or a song for me, not songs. I was like, oh, okay, I understand. But I don't... I didn't really connect with this episode, mostly because I don't know him or his importance in the music. Well, because you've never studied musical theater history. Yeah, no, I haven't. It's like, that's very true. Didn't you ever take an elective in college that yeah. was like... my elective was drama, and I performed pl- scenes from Angels in America. Oh, I took a theater history class that everybody took as an easy A, and then once I had a big boiling cup of hot tea and it was in a big lecture hall and the tea spilled over on the people in front of me and all over my lap oh my god and it was really really hot but the lecture and and i was just like fuck but the lecture hall was big enough and i was far enough back that only the people around me were disturbed okay and that Uh, is all i remember about no okay okay. (laughs) about theater history spilling my boiling tea all over the place so I, i just felt like as someone who didn't doesn't really understand who Gershwin is or his contribution to music, which I know like is probably very great. Yeah, obviously, they had an entire episode about him, and like uh, artists are, have been covering him for years. But I just there was no connection for me, so I didn't really get what like everybody else was missing. I was I was actually the people that were like confused by it too. But it was very much. Uh, I feel like there was a time in the new millennia. What, like I, it actually happens every few years. I feel like there's a movie uh, in every decade where it's like the importance of music and the arts in like learning. Well, I mean, that's just a. I, I could see, especially considering that this was like 2006, and we we're like just the the times or whatever. And also after like leading up to and kind of uh, the recession and whatever, that was like a big outcry that you always heard was like the first thing that gets cut from school budgets is arts education. And here's why it's really, really important and don't cut arts education. And this was sort of focused. Like, I feel like they were trying to hammer that home, but it kind of got lost. Uh, they tried to do too much in this episode. Yeah. The first half was all about, it was very much like, you know, those, those movies and those moments where you have the students begin and they're like, oh, music, who needs music? But then like at the end of the movie, it's like, oh, wow, music changed my life. Yeah. And like, that's what they tried to put into the first half of the episode. And the second half of the episode is an issue episode. Right. Um, and slash like Ruthie drama. But um, let's just get into it so we can explain. So the cold open 
starts with Ruthie entering the detention room, if I recall yeah. correctly. Mm-hmm. And she's like reporting for detention to the teacher who's there, but the only adult in the room is, uh, you know, Mr. Feinstein, who is playing the piano. And he's like, what did you do to get sent here? And she says, like, not much of anything or nothing. And he was like, oh, that's why everyone's here. Ha ha, sit down. And Ruthie takes a seat next to the girl from The Color of Friendship, whose last name is Hahn, but I forget. Lindsay Hahn. Lindsay Hahn. And the character is Maggie. Um, she, oh God, I had such a crush on her when I was younger. Um, she's beautiful. <sighs> okay. Um, they, like, they make it seem like Ruthie and Maggie know each other from before because, like, she pulls, like, the chair by her and stuff. And yeah, I mean, she she deliver- there are a lot of empty seats, and yeah. she kind of deliberately sits next to her, so. And also, so Mr. Feinstein is played by actual Michael Feinstein. Um, Aaron did some research before we recorded. Uh, he is... A bit, he's like the, like, anthropologist behind the collection of, like, the great American songbook. And he also just is, like, a... known as, like, a Broadway person and he for a while operated a like kind of like a, a piano bar club where a lot of famous Broadway performers would come and do performances as well as other like musical acts but that has since closed but I'm very confused because there's this other place that I think is like the spin-off of it but he seems to have nothing to do with it so anyway um that's what I know about him. But he's, like, a prominent, um, like, name in Broadway, on Broadway. Um, he also, like, released albums of covers of Gershwin's music yeah. that were, like, really popular. So he's playing the music teacher. Um, and that's the cold open. So um, the rest of the, like, the, so the first part of this, uh, yeah, let's just say the first half of this episode is this about kind of, like... Gr- like, how music can has transformed over the years and how music moves people and just like the different uh basically it's kind of like a little bit of music history tied in with like also you need music to be in touch with your emotions because it can express a lot more than like people can with just words so uh Ruthie goes Ruthie and Maggie go to detention every week and each day Oh, yeah, each every day for this one week. And every day it shows, like, the classroom gets more and more crowded because presumably students who are in detention and enjoying listening to Mr. Feinstein's, like, uh, piano selections are telling other students, and then they're all going. And one day it culminates in this sort of debate about... Um, so, like, it might be a multi-day debate. It's a multi-day debate. It's a multi-day debate where this kid, one kid is like, I don't want to listen to this. This is so old. I want to listen to rap music. That's what... I'd prefer to listen to. And then the teacher is like, well, rap music was, you know, came out of really like jazz music and you protest need music, protest music. And all, you know, all music is derivative of some other genre of music. And you need to under, like, it's important to understand the history of like the genres that you like today um, and where they came from. And then there's this sort of debate around specifically rap music because, like Ruthie is like, oh, that's not really like art because like rapping about my like what my butt looks like is not really very um, like intellectual or doesn't really reflect on some things that other musical genres might. And then they somebody rebuts it with like, I don't know. He's like, oh, one guy's like, I like rap music. He's like a black student. And he's like, I like rap music because it's like for black people. And then... But Ruthie's like most 
rap albums are bought by like suburban white boys, so that's not true. And music stretches across all races and creeds and religion. Unites us all. Everybody loves music. Is the I think sort of the outcome of this. And then this, yeah. So, but they keep complaining about Gershwin being like old. And then this one kid who was in High School Musical is like my grandparents met at the theater. <laughs> and there's, that's what and 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 music is why I'm here today. Um so there are some like good points that are brought up in this conversation. They bring up the point of like Eminem and his contrast to Elvis in that Eminem and Elvis both made their specific styles of music which are originally like mostly like predominantly black, black, black yeah. yeah, black music more accessible for white people. And so is that okay, like, using a white, like, for face for that? Um, Or, like, Elvis stole from gospel or Eminem stole from, like, genuine rap artists or whatever. Um, And there's a lot of, like, interesting debates that aren't really, like, there's no answer. It's just, like, conversations that are brought up. Um, And that's what, like, the first, it's just, it really reminded me, I can't think of, like, it's, like, the, these like movies that used to come out where it was like the like the teacher goes into like an urban neighborhood and just changes everything for everyone or like, like rapping teacher yeah like like know. dead poet society like stuff yeah. like that where like these students don't care about something and then all of a sudden by the end of it they really are into it and they like realize how important everything is um, um I've, I'm like trying to think I'm there's like, one that Hillary Swank did uh, oh that's the um but that's not about that's called that's freedom writers yeah, I know, and it's but not like, about music no but you know like that oh, okay. that, that like genre of like of like yeah that the cool teacher comes in and and turns like kids are indifferent and yeah. like they sit down backwards on a chair and put on a backwards hat exactly and they're, they're like, like I'm... here's why writing is cool or here's why music is cool um but it had that feel for the first half of the episode i wanted to just point out um that there are two uh character like uh, I, I noticed a guy from high school musical there's also arlen escapar escaparetta he i recognized him he's one of the kids who's black but doesn't like rap music because he thinks it's a bad representation of like black society and black culture he is actually if anybody watched american dreams on nbc he plays sam walker on that show and then also the kid that hates gershwin that really likes black uh, like rap music sorry is our is um rj smith and he plays bit parts in like a bunch of things he's been in like ev- like he's been in that's over even step by step like a bunch of stuff um so oh and what he like had roles in nypd blue and um the bernie mac show uh so Rip. yes, yes gone right. too soon yes couldn't get another oceans movie because he's gone um so uh that's like the first half and throughout it like besides all of this debate and all this like great like, music lessons and history going on. We get, like, Ruthie's crying the first couple of days, and then she's getting her sense of humor back, and then she's, like, talking again, and it's all about, like, the the cure that music is for her. Oh, yeah, I think we failed to mention that. But, like, in the course, before the conversation happens, we just keep seeing Ruthie sitting there crying about the Gershwin music. Um, she's very emotional. So the week's up, and she seems to be feeling better until Simon calls, and he needs help picking his wedding song. So he's obviously going to, well, no, he's asking for the no, He asks Ruthie for help, and then she immediately goes to Gershwin. He doesn't bring it up. 
Um, and so she names a bunch of Gershon songs until the perfect one for them is Embrace... Uh, for Sorry, for Rose and Simon is Embraceable You. And this is when Ruthie also finds out that Martin and Sandy may be getting married. And she's back to, like, kind of spiraling about Martin. Because, again, the switch was flipped and Martin is like, I love Sandy now. We're going to get married? Question mark. We're going to be a family for this child, Aaron. Um, this then brings us to what is, I guess, like the next storyline in this episode, which is who is Maggie? She got a secret, which they all suspect before. And like, again, in true seventh heaven fashion, they don't really wait for it to organically come out. They're just like, I forget who first approaches. Is it the, is it when Feinstein goes to speak to the Rev and he's like, I think that Ruthie's friend has a secret. And then like. Annie approaches Ruthie and she's like, I can't tell you until Maggie's ready to tell someone. Um, and this also, Lucy gets involved because Lucy runs into Maggie. Because she's got a soft spot for teenage girls. <laughs> yeah. She runs into Maggie. Maggie is just like swindled, the like. Shopkeeper. Yeah. And so Lucy's now like involved because she wants to help this like random stranger out. In the background, we have like Kevin creating this. Oh, we find out they have a sex schedule. Um,. Which is, like, all about, like, this love slash Gershwin thing, because everybody's playing Gershwin in the background. And he has this, like, candles and fireplace and dinner by the fireplace and the baby's sleeping, but she's too stressed to have sex. Mm-hmm. Uh, which which is, doesn't seem... That's counterintuitive. Yeah. Um, so she needs to help this Maggie girl out and can't do the scheduled sex. So that's, like, their storyline. Um, we find out that Maggie is homeless, she can also sing, so she sings... Well, yeah, they happen upon her at the promenade where she is singing at, like, Pete's Pizza for money. Um, and, like, the rev goes up to her and doesn't even introduce himself. He's just like, well, nor- like, it's normal that he's like, oh, you have a very nice voice. And then he's like, do you want to come and live in my garage no, wait, apartment? we missed the best part. He hands her, like, a $100 bill and she's it's like... It's a $20 oh, bill. Is it- oh, I thought it was... Oh, okay. <laughs> and she goes... I can't, that's great and all, but I, all I do is sing. I don't yeah. do anything else, yeah. which is um, like a great, like minor thing about the Rev is giving this girl money yeah. for sexual favors. Yeah. But what he immediately after that is like, oh, my wife and I have a garage apartment. Yeah. You want to come? Cause he's like, there are places you can go like shelters. And she's like, shelters are too dangerous. Um, so I'm making it fine. Um, and he's like, well, come home and live with me. And she's like, I'm sorry, am I supposed to know who you are? And he's like, oh, I'm Ruthie's dad. And I was like, right, you could have led with that, but you just immediately inviting strangers to live in your home. So she obviously rebuffs the help, as is, like, the formulaic, like, thing. Like, they first don't accept help until they do later. Um, this leads to Lucy and Kevin kind of following her on the bus to see where she's going. And this is when they find out that, Maggie's not alone. She's with her family. Yeah. Um, Kevin, with this, like, like, like never-ending quell of money, like, well of money, because he's just like, I'm going to give them enough money to have a hotel for a week, and then you figure out a place for them to live, to Lucy. Yeah. And it's like, where is he getting this from? He's not working anymore. Maybe George and Gwen, Cecilia's parents, could adopt her whole family. Um, so... That like kind like semi solves that issue for a very for like, like a week, week until right? they, until they run out of money and they. Um, but this then like brings us to like it's a cir- very circular, interesting like t- storytelling way like storytelling for this episode. It's not 
what they usually do on Seventh Heaven. Because then they circle back to the beginning of the week, and we have this kind of flashbacky moment where Ruthie tells the story of why she got detention in the first place and how she found out about Maggie. Maggie's brushing her teeth and generally like t- grooming herself in the school bathroom, um, and they're they're talking like Maggie says that like I'm homeless, and she's like, oh Ruthie had been crying in the bathroom, and she's like what were you crying about? And she tells every, her the whole story about Martin. And then she's like, uh, Maggie is like, basically like, oh, you've got some big problems. And Ruthie's like, what are you talking about? You just told me you're homeless. And she's like, yeah, but yours is about your heart and something about like, I don't know, repairing Ruthie's yeah. heart or something like that. And then the teacher walks in and is like, Maggie, I expected to find you in here because as you imagine, she's probably routinely in the school bathroom grooming herself. Um, and she's like, oh, but Ruthie, like, you've never gotten detention before, which is untrue. Yeah. Because she pantsed Martin that time. But she's like, okay, well, you're both late to class, so you're both getting detention. Um, and The origin story of right. detention. And Maggie knows about Mr. Feinstein. She looks forward to detention because it's the only time that she, like, is with Mr. Feinstein. Oh, God, that sounds bad. Um, um, but, yeah, like, but she's, she's, like, the only she reason... just that, relax. Yeah, yeah. The only time she stays in school, like, the only reason she's, like, stayed in school for so long is because of music. It's helped her with reading and writing and with math. We find out that the reason that her parents, that she's homeless with her family is because her parents can't read or write. Um, and... That means that they have trouble applying for jobs and maintaining jobs because reading and writing is required for most jobs. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is like how they meet, and it brings us back to the beginning. And basically, uh, Maggie says, "You know, you need some music to heal you. Like, I should be crying all the time, but I only schedule myself to cry fifteen minutes on the bus, and after I'm done crying, I turn to music. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of where Ruthie." is at the beginning of the episode and uses music the same way, and it's like this kind of circular thing. They're all using music to get through hard times. Yeah. Um, oh, also, Rose can sing. Like, yeah, there's like a brief scene where yeah. like Simon you know, tells Rose, like, oh, I want Embraceable You to be our song, and then she sings the entire song. And, like, it's not... not I mean, it's not bad, but no. it's not professional. She's not a professional singer, but... Also, I just didn't, I stopped humanizing her or, like, making her seem, like, sweet. Like, uh, Especially because earlier in the episode you have Lindsay Hahn singing, and she can actually really sing. Um, like, her performance was way better than Rose's. They should have, mm-hmm. like, switched those around. They should have had Rose sing first and then have us, and be like, oh, that's nice, but then whatever. Um, that's, I mean, nothing really, nothing else is really happening in this episode. No. That's I don't it. think they really solve... Lindsay, Maggie's, like, homeless situation. But we'll never see her again, and we'll never know what happened after her week at the hotel is up. Um, I, I that's what I think. I mean, what we're on episode 14. Yeah. The season's going to be wrapping up in, like, eight episodes, so I don't think they really have time. And what they thought was the series is going to be wrapping up in eight episodes, so I don't really think they'll have time to bring back Maggie, but I could be wrong. Um, but, yeah, they this this episode was basically two different episodes in one. One dealing with, like, homelessness, and the other dealing with the importance of the arts. And they tried to mesh it together, but it really felt like it was just two different episodes. Yeah. Um, that's it? I'm gonna give it a 2.5. Um, I, although I did say I have have issues connecting, I'm actually probably gonna rate it high, and I know exactly why I'm gonna rate it high. (laughs) Because of Lindsay Hahn. Yeah, because of Maggie. Um, I will give this a 5. 
five. I'm giving it a five. <laughs> I'm not even embarrassed. Okay. I'm giving it a five. Um, so if you want to check out, uh, maybe we'll post. There's definitely going to be a screenshot of Lindsay Hahn. That's probably, that's 100% going to happen. We might post somebody singing. There was a lot of singing and piano playing in this episode. Um, That depends on the day. Uh, On Instagram and Twitter, it's at CamdenCastShow. It's Facebook.com slash CamdenCast. You can email us, CamdenCast at gmail.com. New episodes every Wednesday and Saturday on Stitcher, on SoundCloud.com slash CamdenCast, and on the Apple iTunes podcast app. I'm Tanby. I'm Erin. This is CamdenCast. I know there's no greater